0: A Darwin apartment that almost collapsed. Let's have a look. Hello, everyone. I'm Florian Heiser, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I thought we'd have a look at this article about a Darwin apartment that almost collapsed. Now, we looked at this one previously, this building, so there's a whole series of them in the Northern Territory. I think the one we're looking at, or the example, is the Catalyst building here. And there were several others that were designed by a structural engineer and well, let's just say it's now under review and investigation and are structural props on some of the buildings. Let's have a look at this article. The Darwin apartment block came close to catastrophic collapse during construction, court documents say. So close to a catastrophic collapse. Now I'm certain that what has happened Means we don't need to worry about that now, but the fact that that happened during the construction, or potentially could have happened during the construction, is a huge life safety issue. It is a huge life safety issue. Recently, some a uh, gentleman died on a building site in New South Wales. He fell down a lift shaft. If issues like this happen on these buildings, while you're building them, people die. People die. You want to know why there's a wage gap between, you know, a subby that's working on site, and someone working in aged care, or, you know. Childcare? That's the reason. Now, wiping shit isn't as bad as nearly dying. A multi story apartment complex in Darwin came close to catastrophic collapse during its construction, according to court documents, in a $6 million lawsuit against the structural engineer at the center of a separate government probe into non compliant buildings. The Allure building at 286 Casuara Drive in Nightcliff has since been fully rectified to ensure, ensure it meets national standards. Well, let's have a look if that was actually the building I was talking about because it looked the same. It looked the same and they may have used the picture there. No, it's not. It's not. It's right here. So we'll put that one down. So we've got another building that, um, well, that we need to be aware of. Allure Drive. So it's wow, this is a nice spot. Let's let's jump into Street View here and get a bit of a look. Get a look here, and there you go. Look at that, right near the beach. You can jump that fence, go for a little swim. And here's the building. I mean, you know, large, nice views from those apartments. You'd be paying a pretty penny for that even in Darwin, I imagine. Even in Darwin. And there you go. So, I mean, if you're not familiar with what happened, we'll jump to the issue with the engineer. This is in the previous article. So New South Wales government knew of structural flaws in Darwin's buildings, but didn't tell owners. So they they were doing an investigation into the buildings this engineer was working on, and they hadn't informed, or there's no mechanism for them to advise potential buyers of these buildings. And one gentleman purchased a unit, and just a couple of months later, all these issues were identified. Here are the key points. A Northern Territory Government Commission report concluded nine buildings were non-compliant more than a year before the issue was publicly disclosed. So that was the major issue there. And this is through with the slab design. At least five units were purchased by unwitting buyers during that time. The repair bill in one of the buildings is likely to exceed $1.5 million. And I mean, here we go. Here's the other one, the catalyst. So it's the same engineer that worked on this building and several others. And uh, here's, here's the poor, you know, Richard, Sega, who bought a unit in Catalyst in uh, July 2018, just before the report came out. And you kind of got to feel sorry for him because what due diligence can you do if the government has this information and doesn't release it? Th- this is where I see uh, blockchain technology having a place. A recording of this information that needs to be publicly accessible to allow buyers to make informed decisions. You, you know, Particularly with regards to even the fire cladding, what materials are put on buildings. There has to be a way to start Recording that maybe I should try and turn that into a into a project and try and get some venture capital. You know, every material that comes on site has to be scanned and it's recorded in the blockchain. Every member of the public can get a report. It can't be altered. It can't be altered. I'm not sure. That could be a that could be a viable product. We'll we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll put write some stuff down. You never know, guys. You never know. I may I may issue a a proposal to you. You know, we'll go ASX. We'll list it. Make some money. But back to this. Uh, That's the issue. It's this information that the government has that isn't publicly accessible. So the whole argument of buyer beware in some regards can go out the window. And, I mean, here you go. We've got the uh, buildings around here. And the timeline of non-compliance. So May 2017 a ministerial briefing revealed that DILP's initial investigation was triggered by an alleged puncturing shear failure during the construction of a building in Rapid Creek. The building was later rectified to meet the National Construction Code, so the issue isn't with the code. October 2017, DLP engages an independent consultant to assess the structural integrity of nine other buildings linked to the structural engineer, John Scott. January 2018, consultants provided the final assessment report to this department, concluding that all nine buildings were non-compliant with the NCC, the National Construction Code. 2018, consultants and DIPL Worked with Mr. Scott on reaching an agreement on the level of compliance with the NCC. And in February 2019, individual building reports, including rectification recommendations are completed. In April 2019, unit owners were finally informed of the problem. Were finally informed of the problem. So, does anyone here trust the Northern Territory Government? Let's jump back to this article. So, uh, but documents tendered in the Northern Territory Supreme Supreme Court, alleged The the five-story complex, which is now advertised as the epitome of waterfront living, almost collapsed before it was completed in 2017. Bugger. Head contractor, Carer Developments, is suing building structural engineer John Scott of JWS Consultants for alleged breach of contract, negligence, and misleading conduct. So, there could be a lot of issues here. We don't have enough information to reach a conclusion, and that that will be the the process of well, the courts to decide. And hopefully, there'll be a thorough investigation into it. So it, it could be a structural issue, it could be a subcontracting issue, it could be an issue on site. It could be someone just didn't put the Rio properly, or they loaded too much concrete into it, or the formwork. And it, you know, could have been a whole range of different things. Uh, for those of you with, with uh, experience in this type of construction, guys, engineers, sub, you know, sub trades, let it, let me know in the comments what do you reckon. What do you think it would be so it came close to catastrophic collapse a statement of claim alleges major faults began to appear in december 2016 including cracking in the first floor concrete slab and a large hump where a column with where a column connected with a slab large hump wow that's you don't want that so this is this is uh this was the building i imagine is what drew it this engineer or this structural design to the standards of the or to the attention of the department. The construction light was site was subsequently closed by the head contractor in circumstances where the potential the complete value of the slab presented an immediate, apparent and significant risk to the safety of employees, contractors and other entrants to the site, the doc- documents stated. So we can commend the head contractor for taking that action. can commend the head contractor for taking that action for doing their job and ensuring the safety of people coming onto the site because in the end, that is a really important part of working in construction, is ensuring health and safety and keeping people alive you don't want to die building a building like this, you know a different structural engineer who was engaged to inspect the faults concluded the slab had been under designed the structural failure observed over the central column and the rear of the development came close to catastrophic collapse which may have initiated a general collapse the document stated the site remained closed for a further month while temporary support structures were in place permanent rectification works were then undertaken to ensure the building met national guidelines prior to its occupancy certificate being issued fantastic Fantastic. That is what we want to see. We want to see rectification taking place. The works included the installation of 16 new columns and the extension of 10 existing columns and the addition of steel support beams to reinforce the slab. So it wouldn't have been a cheap exercise. It would have been cheaper to design it right the first time around. And that's just a general rule of construction. General rule of life, isn't it? CARA Developments is suing Mr. Scott for $6.2 million for allegedly designing and certifying slabs that were not fit for purpose and ultimately led to major faults, the court papers state. The claim includes the cost of rectification works and the financial penalties CARA Developments suffered because of the building not being completed in the required timeframe. The, to to, the case is scheduled to return to the New South Wales Supreme Court on October 11 for the directions of hearing. That will be interesting. So that's not too far away. So two-year investigation into structural engineer. The issues that emerged at Allure building in late 2016 and early 2017 prompted the Northern Territory Department of Infrastructure Planning and Logistics to launch a two-year investigation into the work of Mr. Scott. That probe led to the identification of nine other buildings across Darwin and Palmerston that were deemed to have uh, concrete transfer slabs that did not meet Australian standards. Some of the affected buildings have since been fixed, but several still require permanent solutions to ensure they meet the National Construction Code. DIPL, as a reference, referred Mr. Scott to the Building Practitioners Board for alleged professional misconduct pertaining to a pattern of non-compliance with the Con- National Construction Code. The Board was due to hold an inquiry last month, but the hearing was delayed and a new date has not yet been set. So, that's interesting. That is very interesting. So there's a few sides to this story. You know, the government was doing that investigation. The information wasn't released. You can't have them releasing information for every investigation, or can you? We only have heard one side of the story. We've only heard the developers and what ha- what happened. You know, How do we not know that the contractor wasn't pressured into doing particular things? I'm not sure. But the other engineer says it was under-designed. And if it's happened on several buildings, then, well, that's concerning. Anyway, guys, I'd like your input. It'll be interesting to follow this case. We'll need to see what comes out of it. But the problem is here. A lot of these other buildings, this one was caught. This one was caught before the certificate was issued, occupation certificate was issued. The other buildings weren't. The other buildings weren't. Like the one we looked at uh, in this article here. Not this one, this one here, catalyst. It wasn't caught, it was occupied, people bored. Now they have to do rectification work after. Some buildings will have less issues than other, that's understandable. But here is the fundamental issue with our procurement process. The certifier depends on the information that they receive. They don't have the capacity or the professional skill to make a judgment call on the engineering design. an architect doesn't either. Project manager doesn't either. The engineer does. The engineer will sign a form certifying that they meet all these requirements and hand that over to the certifier. And the certifier will take that form form from the engineer and go, okay, you filled out the form correctly. Stamp. Here's your certificate of classification. Here's your occupation certificate. Occupancy certificate. Here you go. That's the problem. That's the problem. So, I mean... Do we need a third party, an additional engineer to check work, check the science? Could that be another marketing aspect? Maybe, 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 maybe there's actually a business in providing a service where you've got, you know, you provide a secondary certifier, you provide an additional uh, engineer, you provide all these additional services. Hmm, maybe, maybe I need to start and then combine it with a, with a, with a um, Ethernet based uh, crypto Uh, token to record all the data. You know, I might be inventing a business right here as I make these videos. (laughs) Anyway, guys, let me know what you think. What do you think your solutions could be to these issues? And uh, have a great day. Talk to you later.